Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello and welcome back to the Balance on Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger. And today I'm so excited to share our incredible guest with you, Malana Snow. She is an energy healer, a breathwork facilitator, the founder of Wellness Official. She's a leading voice in wellness in the US and abroad. And she has had a diverse global community of clients, followers, brands, celebrities, corporate companies, and even members of the royal family as her clients. I'm so excited to have her here personally because we have had mutual friends for years. And I mean mutual close friends. We have a mutual best friend, Krista Williams, who many of you know from the Almost 30 podcast. So Milana and I have been like ships in the night for many years. I've been following her work. I've been interested in her work. And it was just so fun to connect with her in person and to have our first ever conversation recorded. She came over, we did it in person, and I know you guys are going to love it. We discuss everything from her upbringing to her spiritual gifts to her time on Project Runway. She was the winner of, I think she said season seven, which totally made me fangirl because I'm sure I watched that season. I was so into that show. She has been a host for an adventure and travel show, which has won a Webby Award. And we just get into it all. I'm particularly interested in talking about her profound spiritual gifts that she started learning at a young age from her grandmother. And I'm just so excited to know her now and to have her as a new friend in my life and very, very happy to share this conversation with you guys. Before we get into the episode, I would love to, first of all, remind you that the Celestial Diet and Lifestyle is now available and you can shop at thebalancebond.podia.com. We have new groups of people going through the Celestial Diet every week. It's a seven-day program featuring a plant-based diet, grocery list, meal plan, meditations, including my epic walking meditations that I'm obsessed with, as well as journaling prompts and an exclusive Facebook group. We would love to have you join. And also we have a brand new sponsor for today's episode, Base. So you've probably seen me talk about Base on Instagram because this is a company that I'm using to get everything tested 
from my cortisol to my hormones, especially during pregnancy, because this has been a wacky time for my hormones and I wanted to stay on top of everything. And Base is a wonderful platform to do just that. It works with an app on your phone, so it couldn't be more easy to get at-home lab testing done. I'm just such a fan. So whether you're feeling off or there's something specific you're working on like stress, weight loss, sleep, or energy, You can stop guessing about what's causing you those problems and get to the root of your symptoms. BASE lets you measure your body's data like hormones and vitamin levels to discover what's really stopping you from feeling your best. Finally, BASE lets you choose from five key areas that affect your quality of life, stress, energy, sex, diet, and sleep. Pick one or more areas to investigate and BASE will send everything you need right to your home. You take the test, ship it back to the lab, and receive the results right on your phone in your handy app, which makes it so easy. And because BASE testing makes it so convenient and affordable, you can implement the changes they recommend and then test again when you want to measure your improvement. BASE doesn't just tell you what to test. They also help you with how to fix any of your hormone and vitamin levels that are out of a healthy range. You'll get recommendations for your nutrition, supplements, and lifestyle habits that are all related to your results. You'll be able to track the progress of everything you're working on through the app so that you can see the things that are actually working. BASE is doctor and nutritionist approved. They use data from thousands of clinical trials to make their lifestyle recommendations. Their lab partners are thoroughly vetted and they protect your data with the highest security to ensure your privacy. A BASE membership starts at a low rate of $59.95 per month. And right now you can get 20% off of your first month of membership with the code BLONDE. So just go to get-base.com forward slash blonde to learn more or enter the code blonde at checkout. That's get-base.com slash blonde or enter the code blonde at checkout. You guys will love it. The app makes everything so easy and I will continue taking you guys along on my journey, learning about my cortisol and my energy through all things base. And now let's get into this episode with Milana Snow. Milana, I'm so happy that you're here. Hi. Hi. We've been chatting for a while before we started recording and I've gotten to learn so many amazing things about you. We have so many mutual friends and we have been in each other's orbits for years. So it's really so special to have you here today and to learn about you and share you with our Soul on Fire audience. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. It's been just a wonderful journey of connecting and kind of finally coming to this conversation in person. In person. I know it's funny. We were talking about these prior times that we were supposed to meet or would have met. And it's actually so perfect that we're meeting now. I believe so much in divine timing and everything happening when it's supposed to. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So (laughs) tell us, I'd love to start the podcast by hearing where did you grow up and what did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, and I actually grew up all over the country because my mom is in the hotel industry. So I went to about seven different schools, lived in three different states before high school. Oh my gosh. (laughs) What was that like? It was often pretty rough. 
But after a while, and especially because this was like before Instagram days, <laughs> mm-hmm. you just, you know, as a kid, you just kind of get used to it and you pick up and you just keep going. And so I had a lot of, as a child, I had a lot of time alone and that's actually how I found spirituality. So I was a voracious reader at a very young age. And my grandmother taught me how to meditate when I was four. No way. Yeah. What a cool grandmother. Yeah. Was she spiritual or religious? She was spiritual and she still has some of that in her today. But it was really like she was a hippie, like a total hippie, artist hippie that loved to study all the world's religions. And she taught me how to astral project and and meditate at a really, really young age. That is so cool. <laughs> oh my God. She taught you to astral project at a young age. Yes. What was that like? I just remember us laying down at her house. It was like we were having a nap time or something when I was really young. And she said, okay, honey, so you're going to close your eyes and then you're just going to walk out of your body. And when you're four and your grandmother tells you something like that, you just say, okay. And so I literally just did that in my mind's eye. And she said, now when you walk around outside of your body, you can go look at what your mom's doing in the other room, or you can go outside and you can go look at the trees. And so she'd have me practice and I would tell her things that were happening around us when my eyes were still closed. And she literally helped me develop that gift. That's so cool. (laughs) She knew what she was doing because kids are such sponges and kids are so wise. Yes. And the fact that you were able to do that at such a young age before you were at an age where you thought that's impossible. That's crazy. There's no way. Exactly. It's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. I had no idea that it was not normal. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're a child, the veil is already so thin from like the spirit realm anyways. And you have so much memory of the other realm that it was just like, oh, cool. This is something that we do. Mm -hmm. And so when we moved a lot, it was my mom, my, my stepdad and my little sister would kind of, you know, come into these different pockets where different cultures and different religions were in place from South Florida to Boulder, Colorado, and all these different States. And I kind of had these pockets of exploring different religions and spiritual paths everywhere we went. But because I didn't stay there long enough, I wasn't really indoctrinated into anything. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> so I got to study a lot of things at that time. And yeah, that was really, that was a weird fortune out of all of that. Yeah. It's like in a way you could really be yourself because yes. no one necessarily other than your family could tell you, don't be this way or don't think this way. That's weird. Anything. Yes. Yes. I mean, I think you also, as, as a kid then can get lost in becoming whoever you think you should be at the next town that you move to. And then you, at the next town, you think, do I want to be this person? Do I want to be that? But it's really a winding path of finding out who you are on your own terms Mm -hmm. at a very young age. Yeah. I would imagine that would make you a very adaptable person. Yes, yes, definitely. Adaptable to different situations for better or for worse. Yeah, definitely. I've always wondered about that because I, the opposite of you, grew up in Sacramento, Mm. lived in the same house, lived in two different houses, but, you know, pretty much on the same street Mm -hmm. and went to the same school from pre-K to the end of high school. Wow. Same people, same everything. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even imagine what that's like. It was very special. It was like they were a family, like still to this day, I'm 30 years old. All of my dreams take place at that school because I spent so many hours there and so many years of my life. But I definitely, I think it made me 
a little bit of a rebel the way we were talking about. I know you were a partier for a while. Mm-hmm. So was I, mm-hmm. because I felt almost like I was homeschooled in a way. It was a very small school mm-hmm. and I just want, I craved meeting other people from the bigger schools and drinking and going to like real parties. And I think it definitely made me rebel, but it was a really cool experience. And then as you can imagine, it was a shock to move to LA and not be in a familiar place. Yes. So I think it would, it would have served me to be more adaptable, but I think there's pros and cons to both. For sure. And I would say one of the cons for me, honestly, was that for many years, I would adapt to whoever I was around the most. And so I wouldn't actually speak my truth. I wouldn't actually be the fullness of who I am, which is a pretty nuanced personality given that I move so much and have experienced a lot at a very young age. And so I found that I was constantly molding to whatever people thought I should be or whatever was in the room. Mm-hmm. And that was fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it real, you know? And so finally, when I realized that it was, I think 2016, 2017, when I finally had like a deep understanding of that being kind of the shadow side to a gift that I had and was finally able to really face that. And now I feel that I'm able to go anywhere in the world with anyone. And I feel very comfortable just jumping in, but I also feel very comfortable being myself now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely strike me as someone who knows who they are, is very comfortable being who you are. And that's such a gift. Thank you. It's Thank also you. that grounded Virgo energy <laughs> that you have. Yes. It's definitely uh, the Virgoian nice. way. Yeah. It's nice <laughs> you. Know, as a reflector picking Thank up you. on anyone's energy who I come in contact with. It's very grounding. Thank you. And solid. Thank you. Yeah. So what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, so I wanted to be three things. I wanted to be the president of the United States. Amazing. (laughs) Of course. I wanted to be a scientist because I wanted to solve problems being a scientist. And I wanted to be an actress because I loved being on camera and I would always pretend to be the weather girl when the VCR camera came around. Oh, that's the best. Oh my God. Do you have those home videos? Yes. So fun. You've got to post one of those. I could have said, I want to be the weather girl, but for some reason that just like jumped to, I want to be an actress. So I don't, I don't know how that happened, but I did join like the school plays wherever we moved. So that's probably where that came from. Yeah. That's amazing. And you do a lot on camera now. I do. And I have for many years. So I think that was a weird, natural knowing that I had. The president thing, I think came out of a deeper knowing that I, I was a leader and that that was the only kind of option that I had because I was always by myself. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had to like develop that to lead myself somewhere. And then the scientist part, I don't know what that is. I think that's trying to solve problems that I see in the world. Maybe the projector side of me. Mm-hmm. So I maybe totally that's the healer that. yeah. instead. Yeah. Yeah. Scientist when you were a kid probably translates to what you see as a healer. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I never thought about that actually. It could be. I love it. So when did you get back into spirituality or were you always very spiritual? I was of your always very spiritual. My grandmother got me the start. And then when we when we moved all the time, I just somehow kept finding books and kept finding things that would bring me deeper down other spiritual paths. And um, I remember very clearly when I was about 11 years old, 
I, we moved to Boulder, Colorado, and we stayed at one of the hotels my mom was managing at the time. And in Boulder, which is very much a hippie town, they had, instead of a Bible on the, the side of the, the bed and the bedside table, they had the Bhagavad Gita. Oh, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> which if you're from Colorado, if you're from Boulder, that makes a lot of sense. And so at 11, I started reading the Bhagavad Gita, like it was like the best book ever. And that was kind of the trend. Um, and so I spent a lot of time studying things like Hinduism and Buddhism and Wicca and some of the like hippie cults of the day, like Ekankar. I don't know if anybody knows what Ekankar is. But. No, but I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with cults. So I need to know. I think this one was like a better cult. I don't uh-huh. think anybody like killed anybody or abused anybody, but it was definitely like the seventies hippie world. Wow. And yeah, so I was very, very much into all of that. And, and even when I, we moved to Texas, we moved to Texas uh, when I was 14 and the, the rule was that whenever we got to high school, that's where I got to stay for four years. So the longest I ever lived anywhere, Jordan, was for four years. Oh my God. In my entire life. That gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Well, it gave me a lot of anxiety too. So I really had to find ways to deal with that. And when we landed in, in, in Houston, Texas, I had just come from Boulder, Colorado, which is like the polar opposite in culture where all of my friends were little Wiccan witches in middle school. So I was like, I had tarot cards. I could read the full tarot card writer weight deck. I mean, anything you wanted to know, I could hypnotize you. I could, I mean, I was doing all the things. And then we landed in Houston, which is very traditionally Christian, Southern Baptist usually. And literally I was told that everything I did was the devil. And so I literally took all my tarot cards and all my Wicca books and all my Bhagavad Gita's and I literally put them and hid them under my bed. And for the following, I'd say eight or more years, I became a born again Christian, which is not how my parents raised me. My parents were atheists. So it was a total like 360 from the the Bhagavad Gita, uh, you know, astral projection days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so fascinating. So you're not kidding when you say that you really adapted to the room, adapted yeah. to the city, to yeah. the culture. Yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating. <laughs> I can't imagine two places that are probably more different from each other than Boulder, Colorado to Houston, Texas. Yes. Polar opposite. Whoa. Polar opposite. I went from being the only person of color in my, in my middle school to being in one of the most diverse cities in the country, but also a very segregated mm-hmm. city. And so it was, it was, it was shocking. I'm mixed race too. So there was a lot of confusion around my identity in, in many ways already. So adding spirituality to that was just like another lens of, okay, who am I? How do I express myself? And even when I moved to New York, and eventually kind of transformed my understanding of Christianity into more mystical experience. I, you know, still would do the things that you do while you're in New York, but I still had a very deep personal practice at home. And I always kind of joked that I was closeted. And I think it was probably because of my days in high school where I had to keep everything kind of like quiet because I didn't want anybody to think that I was a bad person. Right, right. You know? Oh yeah, the whole like devil thing when it comes to spirituality that was so new to me because I had never grown up in a religious community I'm Jewish but I mean never even my spirituality never really crossed over into the Judaism or anything so when I started getting some 
hate on the internet as like she's a devil worshiper or whatever for talking to angels for example i was shocked i was like no i think you're confused this is the opposite of dark yes but that's so fascinating that that was part of yeah uh, of course the experience that you had yeah Truly. Wow. So then you got to New York and what an amazing place to be, to be truly whoever you want to be slash who you truly are in your heart. Mm. What was that like? I love that you just said that because I think that's why New York felt like home to me. I never thought about it in that way until you literally just said that because it is a place where you can be whoever you want Mm -hmm. to be and nobody cares. Yeah. It's a very special place. It's such a good place to be in your early twenties because that's when you are figuring out who you are and developing really like who you want to be. Exactly. I I moved there when I was 19 and I felt like it was a divine call for me to go. Many, many synchronistic things lined up. It it couldn't have been like more synchronistic and in flow than it was at that time. And I moved to New York to be a model and to finish college. And I remember going to New York and going to all the agencies back then you had to like literally go to all all the open calls and was told no by every single agency. (laughs) So that part wasn't so synchronistic, but I was determined to be there because I knew that it was my place to be. And, um, got into city college, which is the, the, the big public school there and just had the most amazing first couple of years of my like adult life. I mean, it was just beautiful. And eventually I got into modeling, but it took me years. I actually started working at like a little retail women's clothing store. And then I like would like pick up little odd end jobs here and there while I was going to school. But eventually I finally got an agency about two years in and it it started to shift. Wow. Wow. And then how long was it after that before you ended up on Project Runway? Yeah. So Project Runway happened the third year that I was in New York. And I remember I had just graduated from college, which was such a big thing for me because of just how long it took me to do that. I put myself through school. So it was like a really big undertaking. And I'll never forget, I got the phone call from my agent and he said, you have 30 minutes to get to this audition for Project Runway, which was a really big job to get at the time because as a model, unless you were like a top model, you typically didn't work every single day, but mm-hmm. Project Runway was a TV show. So that meant you would work every single day, which yeah. meant you'd make good money. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go. I remember hanging up my phone and in my, you know, in my practice and in my spiritual connection, I heard what I call God or source saying to me, you are the winner of Project Runway. And I just remember hearing that and literally being like, God, can I just go to the audition first? Like, are you serious? I ran to the audition. I'll never forget the audition felt just like something was different. And when I went home that night, I just said, okay, God, if that was you, I'm just going to trust that it's my job to be in the vibrational state of that reality. And that if I get this audition, they say I got the show, then that's, I'm going to do whatever it takes to stay at the vibration of being the winner. And four months later, I won. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. So it was truly a manifestation. Truly. With your vibration. Truly. I think that was the most perfect practice for me because one, it was on the world stage. So it looks like it's super glamorous, but in the inner world of what I experienced, it was a very spiritual experience, very deep. And then two, 
it being a reality show and the show being kind of how it was set up, it all looks very random. Like you're randomly given a designer and the designer can randomly choose someone else or randomly get kicked off the show. So there's a lot of X factors that you have no control over. And yet I realized that when some women would, you know, talk shit about another woman and like be really snarky and mean, that would be the girl that would go home the next day. Whoa. (laughs) Karma. (laughs) Or if someone was fighting with her boyfriend and came to work crying and super upset, she'd be the one that'd go home that day. So I could literally see how it wasn't that random Mm -hmm. and how their vibration was lining up with what was happening. Yeah. Whoa. That's, it's so true. I mean, everything is energy and you got to witness that firsthand. Yeah. And what an amazing way to win something. Yeah. To stay (laughs) in that high vibration and see how that plays out. That's so cool. I mean, I want to go back and watch episodes from that season because I was such a fan of the show and I feel like I must have watched your season. Gretchen Jones was my designer. so She was. Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> and then how does it work again? There's judges, right? There's judges. Yes. At the time, it was Nina Garcia, Heidi Klum, and Michael Kors. And then totally we'd have one guest that. judge. Oh, my God. Cool. And what about Tyra? Uh, that was top model. Oh, so yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't think she ever came on the show, but I did work with her one time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm confusing all of my shows, yeah, but so okay. cool. Yeah. It was amazing. And I always say this, Heidi is and was just the sweetest woman I've ever met. Wow. So loving towards all the models, which you don't typically see all the time. Mm-hmm. So, so sweet. That's so cool. Yeah. It was I really love, nice to I see love that. stories like that. Yeah. Wow. What a cool experience. It was. So after that, did you experience some level of fame, like being recognized and your career shifting? Well, it was really one of those like 15 minutes of fame experiences, truly, because I remember not working. I couldn't get any work after that, but I was being recognized everywhere I went. I remember one time sitting at dinner with one of my best guy friends, literally crying and saying, I can't book any work. I'm going to be broke because Project Runway hadn't paid me out yet for my bigger check. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I remember literally crying. And then some random woman at the restaurant we were at started running towards me and goes, oh my God, it's the winner of Project (laughs) Runway and gave me a huge hug. And I remember hugging my friend, looking at him like I'm looking at you with tears down my eyes as she's hugging me, unable to see that I had been crying. Oh my God, (laughs) that's so crazy. And just being in this weird contrast of Mm -hmm. like, you know, and also being like, God, I don't understand. I just did this thing that we co-created on and now I can't get a job. Now I can't get my paycheck. Like Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting, humbling experience after that, actually, because I still had so much work to do and so much to learn mm-hmm. about how this whole game of life actually works. Exactly. I love that you say the game of life because I try to view it that way as well. And there's always so much to learn. There's still so much to learn. Yes. And even when you feel like you've mastered something. That's and usually when you learn that you have. Oh it. yeah, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, people are asking me, how did, how did you manifest healing from Lyme and getting pregnant? And I'm trying to figure out how to answer that question. Cause I feel like I'm still doing all those things still working with the game of life yes. and learning where to surrender next. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. That gives me chills. Yeah. Yes. That's such a cool story though. 
I would love to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Olipop. Olipop is the healthy soda alternative that everybody needs to know about. It tastes just like the sodas that we all grew up with, but without the spoonfuls of sugar and artificial ingredients. They have delicious nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, classic root beer, or orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, and strawberry vanilla. My favorite flavor right now is the strawberry vanilla because I've been on a strawberry kick lately, maybe because it's almost summer or maybe because it just tastes amazing. But I was so excited the other day. I was in this little restaurant in Santa Monica and they had a whole refrigerator full of Olipop. I was with my cousin and she was like, you love these. I'm going to try it. And she fell in love and started ordering Olipop with the code blonde, which gives a big discount. And I was just so excited to introduce another person in my life to Olipop. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. And what I think a lot of people don't know is that 90% of Americans consume more than the USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake, which is 30 grams. So if you're still drinking regular soda, just know that regular soda exceeds 30 grams typically and are the leading source of added sugars in the American diet. Olipop is very low in sugar. They have to be, of course, to be TBB approved. All of their products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto friendly with less than eight grams net carbs per can. They're so confident that you will love their products. They offer a 100% money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. We've worked out an exclusive deal for our TBB listeners. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all of their delicious flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash blonde or use the code blonde at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P op.com slash blonde. This discount is only valid for their variety pack. Olipop can also be found in 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Erewhon. And then from there, you're modeling. And then when did you end up getting into being a healer? Yeah, well, I had about a year of not working and I kind of got some lucky breaks here and there where people would give me their apartments to stay for free for a few months and things like that. And then one day I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm really tired of this. So all I want to do now is I just want to travel, eat, meet people and get paid for that. That's all I want. And I love food. (laughs) (laughs) And within about four days, I got an audition to go try out for a uh, host for a travel show. And when that audition came, I knew that this was my prayer. And I actually booked that travel show and I ended up being in China two weeks later. Oh my God. And I ended up shooting this crazy online travel show called the Vagabond Project, which I find very interesting that project yeah, is also in this. That's part of your path. <laughs> like I get sure. it, God, I'm a project. I get it. <laughs> totally. And and ended up having the most amazing time in China. And I realized and that actually ended up winning um, a Webby Award for best travel show that year, which was a pretty big deal because it beat some shows on Netflix. Wow. And it was only one season and it was a huge success. And I remember after that experience, I decided that if it didn't feel like as meaningful as what I had experienced with Project Runway and what I experienced with the Vagabond Project, that I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to pursue it. And ironically, when I had gone to China, I met these amazing guys from New York who introduced me to their investor. 
who somehow in these synchronistic ways was friends of friends, asked me to come back to meet with him. And I said, Hey, what was it that you wanted to meet me about? I just got back from China. I met with your guys who, you know, you have a restaurant with and he goes, I heard about you and I think you should start a business. And I, you know, had just gotten back from a travel show and I'm like, I need to figure out what to do next. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't have any money. I don't, he said, I'll give you $15,000 to start your first business. Wow. No strings attached. And he literally wrote me a check for $15,000, no strings attached. And I started my first company, which was Rooftop Yoga. Serene City Retreats is what we called it. Love that. And it was the first rooftop yoga that we'd ever even heard of. And it was basically a, a wellness events company that I started back in 2012 in New York. Whoa, that is <laughs> epic. I'm like thinking about when I lived in New York and I loved doing that kind of thing. Rooftop yoga. Yeah. I wonder if we ever at crossed the James. Paths. I'm like, did you ever at cross? At the James? Yeah. Wait. Well, I definitely spent time at the James. So <laughs> we have for sure crossed paths. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And what an amazing way to get into wellness. What I find with so many of us who are in wellness yes. is that yoga is a very big stepping stone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huge. I think I think that's kind of the gateway for a lot of people in mm-hmm. general. And for me, I loved yoga so much. Uh, the time Bikram was my thing. Me I've too. since reformed. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm like, thank God I never trained yeah, with Bikram because I wanted to, Me but it never happened. Me too. <laughs> yes. And from there, I just got to connect with all these amazing practitioners and teachers because I wasn't a teacher. So I would hire all these amazing teachers from all over New York City. And we had this like literally the best rooftop that you could do anything on, 17 stories up in the middle of Soho. We did every summer for about 15 weeks for seven years. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I definitely came. I, I, definitely I would imagine came. that at some point that would have Going been through sense. all my pictures later. <laughs> I know it. And then from there, we synchronistically started doing um, rooftop yoga or rooftop meditation at places in London and then in Los Angeles. And it kind of very organically and naturally became a community. And that community was actually founded around that there were these amazing practitioners and teachers that I wanted to bring into more... I don't know, like mainstream spaces, spaces that you didn't expect to find healing. Mm -hmm. And so that was really how I started to kind of step into my role as a healer because I was surrounded by so many amazing healers all the time. And then I had these events that I was doing with community that I loved. And when I finally learned how to kind of bring back my gifts and come out of the spiritual closet, if you will, I would literally just tell people, Hey everyone, I'm going to be doing some energy healing after yoga. If you'd like to stick around, I'll just do it on you. And that's actually how I built my business and my practice from just volunteering at my rooftop yoga events. Whoa, that's so cool. (laughs) And the energy healing, what, what did it consist of? At the time I had only been trained in Reiki one. But because I had been doing so many of these things for so many years, um, you know, since I was a little kid, I took a lot of the same practices of my own meditations and my own astral projection. And I would just guide people in the same way that I would guide myself. So it really was kind of this mishmash of the things that I had practiced. And then I took Reiki one and that was it. And I really found that after kind of practicing in this way, because I believed that it didn't harm anyone to just be sharing this loving energy, that I realized that everybody has an inherent gift. And while I do respect people going through the Reiki tradition, for me, I realized that 
I just wanted to practice all the things that I had done on myself with other people and kind of build my own unique approach to healing. And so that's literally how I built the practice that I have today. I never have taken any classes for it other than Reiki one. That's so cool. (laughs) I'm definitely on your page with that. I think everybody has a different journey. Some people love certifications and receiving them and giving them and all that, but I'm totally with you. I think your gifts are inherent and you've been practicing them since you were four years old with your grandmother. And I learned, I kind of learned that lesson because I was always getting certified in something, mostly yoga, yoga based things. And then I wanted to become a shaman. And then there was a shaman school and I realized this doesn't feel aligned. I don't feel like I can go to shaman school. And if you listen way back to my old podcast, I was talking about going to shaman school. And I just realized, although that is definitely the path for some people, that wasn't what was for me. I felt like, I don't know if there's anything I can learn that's going to give me what I'm seeking in school, in in a classroom. Yeah. And then ended up going on my own journey, getting sick, healing, to really have any of those shamanic-esque powers. And everybody's journey is so different. Yes. Yes. And I think what is really the through line between us is that we, we had circumstances where we needed to show up for ourselves in a certain way. And then we got a lot of time to practice it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Time being the key word. It's a really big thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The time and space to, and maybe even urgency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were a lot of things that weren't physically things that I was healing, but healing a lot of trauma from my childhood that was very urgent because it was very much affecting my mental health and my daily life. And so, you know, there was a a very specific need for me to show up in the way that I'm sure is similar, but different in the way that you had to for yourself with your physical health. And I find that a lot of times with the people who come and train with me, I think they come to my training thinking that I'm going to Well, by now, I think they know if they know me, I'm not going to come and heal you. (laughs) But I think some people might think that our training and the energy healing that we practice is about us healing you. And it's actually, no, 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 no. I'm just going to show you what I've done to heal myself. And then you're going to practice it and make it your own. And then you're going to heal yourself with all the unique tools and gifts that come from you. And to me, that was really... um, like the ultimate gift because I didn't have the ability to have anyone train me outside of my grandma when I was four. Mm -hmm. So it was really like learning that you are your best healer. Totally. Totally. And that's real. That's not just like a saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's very real. (laughs) I totally agree. And the urgency factor is huge. I never necessarily thought about it that way until you said that, but that's what makes it makes it changes it from an interest and something that you're pursuing and thinking about to an urgent Mm -hmm. necessity. Mm -hmm. And I still find that happening in my life from time to time. I'll get so anxious about something, something will be happening. And I realize if I don't practice what I preach, I am going to spiral in a very negative way. Yes. Yes. And you being such a sensitive person like me, I mean, if, if I let anything really get to me for even just a couple of minutes, my entire body will start to just go, okay, we can't do this. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) That sounds so familiar. I have had, I've had a week like that until I found my, 
I don't know what I found. I found my space again and yeah. my peace. And I had to just practice what what I teach and share others to others. But it's so hard to do that when mm-hmm. you're in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think actually having an audience like you do gives you a new level of accountability that is a gift, but also a challenge mm-hmm. because you know that you're accountable to your community. And at the same time, some of the things that I'm sure you've had to face are extraordinary circumstances. Yeah, all of that is true for sure. And the community piece is so important and it's so, so nice to have that accountability because I realize I know when I'm showing up for my community as a frazzled person, Mm -hmm. as someone who might say something that is coming from a place of I'm having my own negative day, that kind of thing. And I'm sure you have this experience all the time too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So how do you turn it around when you're <laughs> I'm feeling that, about way. that right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, even on the drive over here, I had, I had some things this morning that I needed to work through. I, we had family over and usually my boyfriend, and I sleep in different beds. Projector life, <laughs> living your design. I'm a we projector. And that's, I, if you're a projector, I just can't recommend that enough. And we love it. But because our family's been over, we've been sleeping in the same bed and we've had a big social life with the family. So the past couple of days, I have been like very off my routine and it's really taken me out of my kind of like very steady, more grounded mornings. Mm-hmm. And so this morning we had a little fire that we had to, to put out and I really wanted to be grounded and ready to have this like connection with you, let alone a conversation. And so I really had to stop everything this morning that felt pretty urgent, mm-hmm. meditate and journal, even when it didn't feel like it was the best time. And I have to say the whole day went in a better direction after I did that for just like 20 minutes despite how much I felt like the journaling is like, Oh, I meditated. Okay. No, it's like, Melania, you have to journal. You got to get all this stuff out of your head. And it really made a big difference. So it's just little things like that, that often, you know, all the emails coming in, all the phone calls, all the things seem to really take priority. But if things are going rapidly (laughs) more uh, anxious then I know Mm -hmm. I'm not like nothing else is taking priority over getting back to balance. Yes, 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 yes. I could not agree more. Such a good reminder. Yes. And I try to remind myself of the same thing. And I look at my journal, which is right here. I look at it in the mornings. And if it's one of those mornings that just feels like I'm already behind, it is so hard to sit and do the practice, but it it changes everything when you do. And the day is so much better. Yes. And then you start bringing down things from the ether, from the collective unconscious that are the things that are actually supporting you instead mm-hmm. of the things that are more roadblocks and more stifling. Exactly. Because that's when you're starting to get into that like more union energy where you can, even if you're pouring out your frustrations, you're at least releasing and you're allowing yourself to be a vessel for things to move through. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So true. And it's just the practice of kindness to yourself 
for me, I try to remind myself I am worthy of this. Yes. I am worthy of this time, even though it seems like everyone else needs me right now. Yes. Nothing is more important than giving that energy to yourself. Yes. Yes. One of the things that we've been talking a lot about in the training that we just had is how the heart chakra, I don't know if you've ever heard of this approach to the heart chakra, but we talk about how the heart chakra actually has two parts. It has the lower chakra, which heart chakra, which is like our green which we usually see like in the little pictures, but on the top is that like millennial pink color (laughs) and that upper heart chakra that I understand is how we receive love from God, from spirit through source, like as it comes down from the crown and that in the overflow of that part of your energy and that part of your being is how you're then able to give and receive with individuals and give and receive in the more physicalized state in the world. And if that upper chamber is just like a drip of energy, you're not working with much to give and receive. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of energy to be able to like have that deeper connection in the world. And so I've really been thinking about that a lot lately. How much am I allowing myself to receive the love of source of God, fill in the blank, however you'd like that to feel for you. It's like how much of that is full. And that, or am I, I pouring it that. out? Yeah, <laughs> that makes so much sense. I've never thought of it that way, but now that I can visualize that, I love that. Mm. It makes sense. I mean, you know, when you're depleted and you just can't show up as your full self, it's impossible yeah. to pour from an empty cup, especially in your heart space. Yes. That's so beautiful. Then we're acting from our humanness instead of the human and the spirit. Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. that that like boundless infinite part of us is like coming from an infinite source that can never be tapped. Mm -hmm. Like, or it's never like, it never runs dry. Exactly. And I find that sometimes we get ourselves into efforting and then, and then we like can't feel the magic of life because we're not living in that spiritual flow of ourselves. You know, it's just our like, let me just get this thing done. Let me just send these emails instead of like actually letting ourselves get filled up with that intangible flow. And then those, then those emails don't even need to get sent. Exactly. Be sent Cause someone's like, oh my you God. got it. It's yours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? I love that. Yes. No, you're describing my week, my week being like the emails and the frantic and that's not even who I am, but we all fall into that. Oh yeah. And it's just such a good reminder, such a good reminder. Wow. So something I also wanted to talk to you about is shape-shifting in the face because Mm. I was speaking with someone from your team about this and she's like, Milana can speak to the shape-shifting with spiritual awakening. That's been a huge part of my journey, both my own face completely changing and seeing other people's faces shape-shift when I'm talking to them. Yes. So what do you know about shape-shifting? I love this. Well, I think, I mean, even just as you were saying that, I literally got a flash of a picture of myself from like 10 years ago and I just if I showed you that picture, you wouldn't even recognize me. So there is something that happens even in just the course of a couple of days. We just had our training here in LA and the way that women looked right after, which was only four days, completely different in their face from like literally their cheeks being higher to their face being brighter and their skin being like more luminous, but also the way that their eyes look, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes the way that our eyes look are actually 
it's like an outward picture of how we allow ourselves to see the world and how we allow others to see us. So I find that usually one of the biggest things that changes when we shape shift in this way is that our eyes completely transform and you can literally like your eyes not just change from like the light shining through, but it can even like start to turn upward. The aging can start to decrease because one of the things that I find, Jordan, this happens a lot as a theme is that a lot of people are really afraid of being seen as truly beautiful and being seen as truly powerful because of what that meant in their childhood and what it meant at home, the people that they lived with and grew mm-hmm. up with. So a lot of people turn down their beauty. And this is not just classically beautiful people. This is just anyone who grew up in a space where they felt like they couldn't be their full self. And so a lot of times when someone has a radical healing experience, they recognize that their true essence along with anyone else's true essence is beauty, is love, is peace and harmony. And that when they feel that aspect of themselves and know that not only is it acceptable or worthy, but that's just who we all are, then they allow themselves to have that come through in their face. And you can literally see them as more beautiful because they're now taking off the veils of hiding that from Mm -hmm. you. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) It's so true. There aren't even, yeah, I don't even know what to say because I just, I just agree so much. Taking off those veils, shedding those veils shows you who you really are. And the brightness of the eyes is such a big part of it. Yes. And I also, I do not recognize my old photos, even from two years ago. Yeah, same. Yeah. The shape shifting is very, very real. Same. I think shame and guilt is probably, which by the way, shame and guilt are the most dense of emotions that we experience and they tend to be caught in our root and our sacral. And I find that when someone is able to have loving presence with what they deem to be most shameful about themselves and they can transcend that and forgive those aspects of themselves, then that tends to be the energy that lifts those veils that transforms their face and their bodies because often we identify with our deepest shadow selves in a way that we don't allow ourselves to actually see is still vibrating and resonating in us. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if you think that you're a bad person deep down in the subconscious and you haven't really merged and seen that aspect of yourself, accepted it, loved it and forgiven it, then that still is very much, since it's such a dense energy, it's still vibrating in your physical form and it's literally being cloaked over your face. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. And it makes so much sense. And that's why the more healing that we do on ourselves and the more awareness that we have about these darker shadow sides of ourselves, we can lift. It's like, I see like this dark ghost practically leaving the body. Yes, yes. We actually recently, we had a a woman in our group who had a lot of throat chakra stuff and and it was very much related to her inner child. And she's got a a few kids and she just left her very serious job. And so she's kind of in this interesting place of trying to find her, her voice and her inner child. And when we saw pictures of her after, and she knows who she is, when I say this, she looked like a kid, like she looked like a little girl in the best way because her little girl had been liberated. And before that, she looked very serious and quiet, Mm -hmm. very much like someone who has a very serious job. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And then just in four days, it's like, oh my God, you look like a little girl. You look like you have aged backwards. 
And that could be from something as simple as reclaiming your inner child, liberating your inner child. And then that part of you can literally be seen by others. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that was the same face shape shifting that you had in mind, but that's what I see. It is. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much that goes into the shape shifting. It's like a whole world of of its own. So I love hearing all of your thoughts on on it. And I totally agree. And I've seen people age backwards. I mean, the youthfulness that comes from even just a weekend of healing yes. is amazing. Or even a session. Yes. Even a session, mm-hmm. even a yeah. session, even honestly, even just going into the, that deeper part of you, that is your soul for seconds. Yes. Yeah, seconds. That makes so much sense. That's literally yeah. all you need. Yeah. It literally regenerates the entire body because it's because often a lot of people are literally on like a very slow drip of having their soul flowing through them. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about, wow, I came home to myself or I feel like I've never felt before and they just feel super alive. It's because they've let more of their soul fill their physical form. Mm -hmm. And so that is literally what healing is. It's allowing your soul to come into your physicality. And then in that process, you begin to heal. I love it. I love it so much. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, the people that I'm close to, especially my husband, I'll tell him when his soul is shining through his face, which is, you know, it's not that rare between the two of us, but sometimes it is. And I'll know, like right before he proposed to to me, which I had no idea was happening. We were just on the beach in Malibu. No idea that he was about to propose. I looked at him and I was like, what is your soul doing here? Your soul is shining through your face. And he was just looking at me like, yeah, it is. And I was like, what the heck? Where did, why, why did, where did that come from? Because we're just having a day on the beach. And then he pulled out the ring box and proposed. And I always think about that slash, I can even see your soul on your face. Oh, yes. Cause I have, and I have chills Mm -hmm. all over my body, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is a signal of me connecting with you in that same. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You know, when someone's soul is on their face and then with the shape-shifting thing, a different element of it too is one of my own gifts is seeing people's face shape shift. Ah. And I will also see their face start to melt away. And then I only see their eyes. Yes. And that started happening with you, especially now that we're talking about souls. Yes. And that's why you do not look away from my eyes. Yeah. (laughs) Because I see so much. Yeah. And sometimes I'll start to see animals come forth in people's faces or past lives, spirits, so many different things. Well, you know, it's interesting because that's, I love that that's your gift because mine is with my mind's eye. So I see it in the inner realm where I start getting pictures of someone and it's, it's not always something that I can actually see on their physical, mm-hmm. but I can see things that you, you couldn't possibly know about someone, right? In the inner third eye. So that's really cool that you actually have the ability to see it on someone's physical face. It's so wild. I love it. And I love your gift too. Thank you. It's the best. <laughs> Everyone is so different. When that first started happening with me, I had never heard of that. So mm-hmm. I just thought, what is going on? Why are people's faces disappearing? And it was usually only people who had done a lot of work on themselves, healers, shamans, teachers. Um, it doesn't, and to this day, it doesn't happen with just anyone. 
I wish it did because yeah. then I could do sessions all day long. But um, yeah. I wonder if that's because their veils, my veil, I, I don't have a veil in mm-hmm. front of me right mm-hmm. now. Exactly. So I wonder if that's because you then just can see whatever is there because there's nothing shielding. I think that is what it is. Yeah. And typically the more comfortable a person gets with me, that's when I start to see. And sometimes I'll know someone for years, but that depends on how guarded of a yeah. person they are. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen it with my parents and they're not particularly spiritual people. They are now because yeah. of me pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they don't, they don't have like a personal spiritual practice yeah. as much. Yeah. But because we're so close and they have mm. no guard with me, mm. I will see, I'll see it with them. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So is it typically animals that you see? No, the animals come and go. Okay. I think it's like a spirit animal or past life or guardian type of thing that I start to see. But it's usually more, it's just a soul. It's like very hard to explain. It's no, I understand. colors and it's just light. Mm-hmm. And it's like the face, the human face mm-hmm. pretty much disappears. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll see an old woman or an old man who will be very distinct, Native American usually. And I think it's a past life and or spirit guide but I have so much to learn with it. It's different for every person. Sometimes I just see a galaxy. Oh, It's like a window oh. into the stars. Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. What an amazing gift. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I think it's so important that people develop their gifts. Mm-hmm. It's really, because I, I actually just wrote about this yesterday because I find that a lot of our gifts have been the thing that isolated us or that maybe scared other people. Yeah. Or maybe that were the thing that could get us to see people before they were ready to see themselves. And I find that if if someone got into their gifts really early and they didn't have the right support or, or a safe environment, that that can actually be a really scary experience to have a really mm-hmm. strong gift. So I just hope that anybody that's listening can just just hear what Jordan's saying right now about the gift that she's so freely expressing because it's so important for us to know our gifts and to develop them and to actually feel safe with experiencing them and sharing them. Definitely, definitely. I've had one person who I spoke to about this say that she had the same thing and she thought she had something wrong with her mentally because she would look in the mirror and she would not see herself. She would see something completely different. And yeah, I mean, it's so empowering to know we're just so powerful. Yes. There's nothing wrong with us. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, like most of the things that we were told is bringing us away from our own real nature. Mm-hmm. A lot of our programming as a culture about what's sane is actually keeping us from what is most sane. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I always think the people who are perceived as not sane are the most sane. Yes. And I want to talk to them yes. and like sit with them and hear what they have to say, what they believe, because totally they get something. Totally. They see something and totally. maybe it makes it hard to live in this world. Yes. But which I definitely have a lot of compassion for. Yes. But I think what they see is probably very real. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And if, and if we just all had a little bit of help, to share our gifts, to cultivate our gifts, to feel safe in our gifts, 
then maybe the people who are having real challenges could actually experience the benefit of it for themselves too. Cause I yeah. think that's really important. It's not just for other people to get the benefit of our gifts. Yeah. It's firstly it's mostly for, you. for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only then can we help someone else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I want to ask you some of the questions that I ask everyone who comes uh, yes. on the podcast. Yes, please. And I know your sun rising and moon signs, but tell us again. Yes, I am a Virgo sun, Taurus moon, and Gemini rising. Love it. <laughs> Do you know your north node by any chance? <sighs> I don't. I could find it. Yeah, let's look it up. <laughs> Why the heck not? I have it all in my uh, one of my apps here. I know. The apps make it so handy. They really do. Let's see. My guides, my chart, planets. Is it under planets? North yeah. node? Is this CoStar? No, this one is actually... Uh, what is this? Uh, sanctuary. Okay, good. Because Costa you know doesn't sanctuary? share the North Node. I don't Node. know it very well. Um, so. <laughs> let me see. They don't all say the North Node, but... Oh, gosh. What? I don't know. We're going to have to look it up. Sometimes I think, but I'm totally going to be butchering this, is the opposite of the Midheaven. The, no, never mind. Never mind. Because the North Node and the South Node are opposite of each other. There's oh. so much to dive into with astrology. We'll have to look yours up later. Yes, I have been not told all the apps show it. that whatever it is that I'm very much headed in that direction, I think it's around universal healing. Okay. But that's like the... I wonder if you're Aquarius. I, I might be. I am. We're, we're going to have to look it up because that sounds like something I've been told about. Mine, your Midheavens and we'll Aquarius. We'll follow us up on stories, y'all. Yeah, we know exactly. Right now. We'll put it in the show notes. And then you said you're a projector. potentially a four six yes yes and where do you see yourself in five years oh where do i where what is that that would be 2026 oh man who knows yeah seriously um well i i would say by by then my dream is to have a beautiful property in in Los Angeles that is quite rare with my boyfriend and I, who will then be my husband and that will have a bunch of dogs at least, Mm -hmm. maybe kids, but at least a bunch of dogs that we've rescued. And this property that I have this dream and vision about, and it just keeps coming to me is that it is a multi-acre property in Silver Lake. Amazing. I'm saying it now. And we're going to have rescue animals there because those do exist. That's a dream. Isn't that special? Yes. I believe that. Silver Lake is so special. Yeah. It's so not LA to me. I know, right? Mm -hmm. It's very different. Mm -hmm. And I also imagine that by then, um, from all the healing trainings that I've been doing, that the healers that I've trained will be having amazing, huge communities that they work with and that we'll be able to get together by the thousands. That's a really big dream of mine that we'll have just this huge global community with about a hundred people who've come through the training now. So I can imagine that the people that I've trained will also have trainings and it'll just be this big global community, which I'm just so excited about. I totally see it. That'll be amazing. <laughs> be so I cool. love that. It'll be so cool. Yes. That sounds like a great place to be in just a few years. Coffee or tea? Tea, matcha. Are you a night person or a morning person? Oh, I would say I'm a morning person now. That changed pretty recently. That's so good. That's my goal. I'm very much a night person. But I, I, I want to go to so bed nice. by like 1030 now. So uh, teach me. Maybe having a kid, maybe having a baby, I will be yeah, forced. Yeah. If you were a color, what color best represents your energy? 
Mm, I would say indigo. Love that. <laughs> totally see that. Um, who are some of your mentors? Ooh, who are some of my mentors? I have an amazing teacher named Dr. Clara that I, I really haven't talked about very much in my conversations. And she's an 80 year old woman. I go to her every two weeks. She lives here in Los Angeles. Oh, she's wow. just, I got to show you a picture of her eventually, but I go to her. I would say, oh, I would say that there are a lot of teachers that are like no longer living that I feel are my mentors. People like Alan Watts. Uh, I love like Terrence McKenna. There's, I don't know. There's a lot of teachers that I've like, Jesus is my mentor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love but it. But physically, I would say Dr. Clara is probably my my number one mentor in so life. So cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So Terrence McKenna, does that mean that you are a fan of psychedelics? I, you know, I am. I'm still a newbie. I'm trying to find a picture of Dr. Clara so I can show. Oh, here she is. I'm still a newbie. Oh my God. Wait, she's amazing. <laughs> she's almost 80 years old. That's such a cool picture Isn't too. That, that cool? looks like it belongs in a magazine. I, I, it hopefully will be someday, but y'all, I will definitely be posting this yeah, picture. Yeah, you got to so post Dr. that. Such a good picture. <laughs> I'm still a newbie to psychedelics, but I, I think one of the things I always really liked about someone like Terrence McKenna is that he speaks about the world and the environment in a way that is just otherworldly and non-conventional. And I think it's really important for us to understand that this reality that we think is real is not the only reality. Mm-hmm. And it's probably very, very, a very small percentage of what reality actually is. And so, you know, for me, while I still have a lot to learn in psychedelics and haven't really, I've never even done ayahuasca, but I, I really appreciate just the gifts that mother earth can provide when, when really like respectfully, and safely taken in. So yeah, I have a lot to learn still, but I, I'm a very big proponent of the clinical trials, trials that are happening right now with psilocybin. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important for all of us in our culture to start to understand what it has to teach us. Totally, totally. I love that. Yeah, and what you said about just the, what we understand to be reality, not necessarily being reality as we know it. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. I need to read more of his stuff. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. Things. Some really good stuff on YouTube. <laughs> I'm going to look, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. I already know. I've always been interested, but yes. you just piqued my interest even more. Yes. And what's next for you? What's coming up? What's next? Well, we're going to be bringing our training to New York for the very first time in September, which is really, really wild because I told you before how much I love New York. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really special with all that crystalline energy. Do you know about the crystalline bedrock there? No. Oh my gosh. One of the reasons why New York is so special is because actual geologists have confirmed that there is a crystalline bedrock. There's actually like crystals that are all over the island of Manhattan. Oh my God. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's so special. <laughs> it has a vibration of its own. Yes. And it's impossible. I always felt it was impossible to feel truly, truly bad in New York. Yes. I only felt good. Yes. I know that's not everyone's experience, yes, but, but the crystals. I think oh that is something it's amplifying. Mm-hmm. So yes, we're very excited about that. I think it's going to be an amazing community of people there from all over the world. And one of the things that we're also really excited about is we're finally taking our huge in-person community of practitioners online with profiles on wellness officials. So people will be able to have their sessions and their courses and all of that in one profile through wellness officials. So that has been, 
I wish I had time to tell about how long of a journey as an entrepreneur and as a spiritual entrepreneur, how many lessons I had to learn to bring this vision into reality. And I'm really excited that's going to be happening in a very beautiful way this year as well. That's so exciting. And that's so soon. Yeah. So everyone listening who lives in New York, you guys got to get on that. We Definitely. have a big listenership in New York, oh, of course, amazing. because yes, best people ever. Yes, Some exactly. of the best people ever. <laughs> exactly. That's so awesome. And it's very full circle for you because that's where your adult life began. Yes. Yes. I owe a lot to New York. I'm very humbled by... Um, just how honest the work will, will be there. Mm-hmm. That'll be very special. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And where can everyone find you? Yes, you can find me over at wellnessofficial.com. Also at Milana Snow on Instagram or wellnessofficial on Instagram. And for any of you that are curious about how to work with me, if you don't want to do the big training, because it's not for everyone. It's a very, very deep dive. I do a monthly energy healing session with our group called the monthly integration. And you can find that either on monosnow.com or wellnessofficial.com. And that's about an hour long energy healing and breathwork session. And that community is the most loving, kind community ever. And it's, yeah, international, very well developed community that has a lot of love. So I definitely recommend if you want to try breathwork and energy healing and do something that's really a life-changing practice. You want to just try it out. The monthly integration is a great way to try it out. Cool. Oh, I have to do that. Yeah. We didn't even talk about breath work. I know. I know that that's such a big part of what you do, (laughs) but we'll we'll leave it mysterious and people can always find that from you. Yes. I love breath work, by the way. It's so freaking deep. It's deep. I mean, it's very psychedelic. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably Mm -hmm. why. Oh, beyond. Yeah. It's very, very psychedelic without having to actually ingest anything. It's very, very, very transformational work. And, and what I love about breath work is that everyone can do it. If you breathe and you, if you don't have certain health conditions like heart, heart issues or um, epilepsy, it's available to you. And and it can be in a way that's very liberating and deep very quickly. Yeah. Oh, totally. My husband, Jonathan, who before me was a big skeptic of all things, Mm -hmm. spirituality. Mm -hmm. We did a breath work class together a couple of years ago and he had visitations from ancestors, like people that he knew, his grandfather. And that was so cool. I love when that happens. I I find that that happens a lot with breath work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe it. It So I was so proud of him for letting go. And it's intense. It's very intense. The breath work itself. Yeah. But it's so beautiful. It is. And and everybody, it's worth it's worth just giving it a look. Even if it's not with me, I really recommend any forms of holotropic breath work. It's really transformational. Yeah. Amazing. Can pregnant people do yes. it? Yes. Oh my okay. gosh, girl. I do pregnant women all the time. Oh, sweet. We just can't push you too far. That's right. the only thing. Mm-hmm. I would never be like, okay, we're going to get to the trauma. Like mm-hmm. that's not what it's about. It's more about supporting and energizing and bringing like just peace and harmony into the body mm-hmm. yeah oh, i'm sure that would be so good for the baby yes oh my Amazing. gosh the babies that come out of doing breath work and energy healing are literally like the most <laughs> high vibrational babies i've ever met truly i'm doing it that's it <laughs> it's I'm really special it. trying to do everything for this for this yes. little baby. being pregnant is just such a such an interesting experience it just makes you realize everything like when you're not calm in your body and i want to do all the healing things yes Anyway, I can help you. I'm here for you. Amazing. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to do audience. this. Thank Me you. too. This was so special. Thank you.
you. Perfect timing. (laughs) Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Milana. I learned so much from her. She is such a force to be reckoned with. And I can't wait to take her breathwork classes and do more energy work with her and just be in her energy. She has an amazing energy. She's so down to earth, so kind. And I just loved this conversation. So I'm so happy that we got to share it with you. Go check her out on Milana Snow and also her other Instagram account for her brand, Wellness Official. And tell her that you came from the TBB podcast. Tell her how awesome she is. And on top of that, thank you so much to our sponsor, Base, for sponsoring this episode. You can check them out at get-base.com slash blonde and use the code blonde for 20% off of their amazing at-home lab testing. And with that, I'm so happy that you're here. I hope everyone's having a soul on fire Wednesday and I can't wait to talk more. We'll be back next week with another new guest and I'm sending you so much love. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on iTunes, send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com so I can thank you by sending you my free yoga ebook as a thank you. And with that, have an amazing day. Love you guys. Mwah.